0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. In the movie The Princess Bride, Inigo Montoya said that to the great Vincini about the word inconceivable. You see, Vincini had used that word several times by then, about things that they were seeing happen. So while those things were maybe highly improbable, they were no longer technically inconceivable. So I want to borrow that line from Montoya about a word that you keep using. Love. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. That's basically what our text from Romans tells us as Paul goes into this great description of what love is, what it looks like, how it plays out. Because as as he describes it, we have to realize, okay, maybe that's not what I always thought it meant. Paul had started this discussion of love a few verses earlier. In verse 9, we have the verse that says, uh, "...love is sincere." Love is authentic. The, the Greek word there is anipokritas. we literally not hypocritical. In other words, this whole section is about how love is not doing something so that I get something out of it. it it's not doing something whereby I get a benefit. It, it, it's doing something whereby I can be a benefit. Where I can do something good for another. Before we get into this, this whole list, this description of what love looks like, I, I want you to to paint a picture in in your mind. So let me just put this out there. So you've got <clears throat> this young couple, completely head over heels in love for one another. The whole goo goo gaga, you know. That 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 days of butterflies and puppy dog eyes and sweet nothings and you know where, where they can't see anything but the good in that one that they love just head over heels. Do you have do you have that in your head now? Can you hear them talking to one another? Can can you hear their expressions of appreciation for one another? Their their expressions of love. I love you because you are so beautiful. I love you. <laughs> Because you're so good to me. I love you because you make me feel like dancing. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. That's what Paul says as he gives a definition of love. And this might sound strange, but, but maybe go back through the, those statements a more loving statement, more in line with the definition, would not be I love you because you are so beautiful, but I, I love you even though you're kind of homely. Although it's probably not too loving to say that out loud, right? And, and not I, I love you because you are so good to me, but I love you and I'm going to sacrifice for you even though you're kind of a jerk right now. And, and a more loving uh, more true to the definition of love, it is not I love you because you make me feel like dancing, but I love you. I'm going to treat you with respect and honor and, and patience and kindness, even though it seems like you're trying to make me pull all of my hair out right now. I'll grant you, I don't think any of my suggestions have made it into a Hallmark card for Valentine's Day yet, but they're a little bit closer to... The definition of love that we see Paul giving us. Now, don't get me wrong, it, it's wonderful. To have someone that, that you consider so beautiful that they make you appreciate how much goodness there is in the world. That, that's, that's awesome. It is, it is a gift from a gracious God to have someone who, who does things for you just because they know you, you like them. It is a, an awesome thing to feel like dancing. But those things aren't love. Those are byproducts. Those are wonderful byproducts of love. But love is not quite that easy. Especially when we're talking about loving another person. Because the reality is that that person that you are loving is not always quite so worthy of the effort. That's what makes it love. When they don't deserve it. And the flip side is also true. No matter what you think of your efforts and activities, you don't deserve love. Which I know goes really contrary to what we like to tell ourselves. <clears throat> love is sacrificing for someone that doesn't deserve it. Making someone out to be better than what they are. Then and only then is that love unconditional. Then and only then is it worthy of the name love because of what love is. Remember, God tells us what love is. God is love. So we're talking about something serious here. So so look at how Paul describes this authentic, this non-hypocritical love. Let's walk through our text and, and learn what this word means that we don't so often think it means. This is love. Follow along, the text printed in the bulletin, Romans 12, 14 to 21, this list of things to do, things to be, as those who love authentically, non-hypocritically. And and right out of the gates, we see that uh, this is going to be kind of tough. Look at verse 14. Blessing those who persecute you. Not shouting them down or, or proving them wrong. Okay, verse 15. It looks like rejoicing with those who rejoice, not being jealous of, uh, of their success, and how come it doesn't come that easy for me? It looks like mourning with those who mourn, actually feeling their pain, not running through that internal calculation of, okay, what do I have to do to be a good person in this situation, and, and when can I get back to, to doing what, what I want to do, and boy, this person better be there for me like I am when, when the tables are turned. No, that's not love. Verse 15, it's rejoicing with those who rejoice, mourning with those who mourn. And then 16, living in harmony with others. And then he talks about hanging out with people that uh, don't bring you anything but their trouble. And not just because you have to. And then this is love, verse 17, not getting even when someone wrongs you. And then he goes on and and talks about thinking about the good that you can do for them instead of going through scenario after scenario of, of how you might be able to put them in their place. And he keeps going, verse 18, living at peace, doing what is in your power to make that happen, not waiting on the other person to meet you in the middle. And then verse 19, this is love, not taking revenge, but trusting that God will handle it in his own way and instead helping the one who's given you a hard time, whatever the situation. In other words, this is love, not getting your way, but giving way for others. So honest evaluation time. Do you love? Or do you sometimes use a word that doesn't mean what you think it means so tomorrow's valentine's day have you been thinking about how you might be able to to show love demonstrate your love for that that special someone and has that been stressful or maybe even frustrating guys do you ever have the thought okay when she says no gifts does she really mean no gifts I think i got to read her mind here. And, and, well, what do I have to do in order to keep her in love with me? Or, or, ladies, is it ever, well, if I tell him what I want, then it won't be as special. And so I'm not going to tell him, what. hey, he knows me, he's been with me, he's seen all the things I've done for him. So, so if, if, uh, uh, if I don't tell him and then he gets it, then it'll really be meaningful for me. Too often we treat love like it's about me. But this is love. Doing something in order to get something, that's not love, that's selfishness. And and calling it love, well, well, that's sin. In fact, look at what Jesus said about it in the gospel lesson. This was verse 32. He says, if you love those who love you... What credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. Love. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Selfishness is not love. So let's remember what love is. I quoted the verse before. God is love. So now, let's take another scan through these verses, but this time, let's see the perfect love. Not all our failures at it, but let's see the perfect love that is God. And so I want you, as we go through this, think of of Jesus, right? What is love? It's blessing those who persecute you. Remember Jesus' prayer on the cross? Father, forgive them for the ones who were actively driving nails through his flesh. Love is rejoicing with those who rejoice. Remember the wedding at Cana from a couple weeks ago? The gospel lesson? Jesus was celebrating with them. Mourning with those who mourn. Remember the uh, Confirmation Kids favorite memory verse? The really short one? Jesus wept. The scene around that. Jesus was at the funeral for his friend Lazarus. And he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he knew that. And yet when he saw all of his friends, those people there, as they were mourning, as they were crying, he felt their pain. And so Jesus wept. He mourned with those who mourned. And then verse 16. Living in harmony with one another. Boy, think about the one who spoke to the Samaritans that no one else would would speak to. or, Or to the women who were looked down on. The one who had the conversation with that that Pharisee, the the enemy, Nicodemus, and showed his love. or, Or the teacher of the law who asked his question. Living in harmony. Not proud, but willing to associate with people of low position. That certainly describes Jesus, right? Hanging out with the sinners and tax collectors. I mean, even his 12 disciples had a tax collector and some lowly fishermen there. The one who invited the kids, come to me. The one who thanked and praised that that sinful woman that anointed his feet. This is love. Do not be conceited. Yeah, that's Jesus. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing for us. Verse 17, do not repay. Evil for evil, think of what Jesus could have done. But he wept over the Jerusalem that was condemning him. And on that cross, the thief on the cross who was insulting him, Jesus gave him an eternity of heaven instead of the tongue lashing that he should have had coming. And the rest of that verse 17 really literally says, Think ahead to do what is right. Jesus wasn't overcome by his emotions into rash actions. But, but think of how many times he kept reminding the disciples, this is what we're doing. We're going to Jerusalem so that I can suffer and die for you. He kept the, the good in mind and he did that good. Verse 19, do not take revenge. Again, he had every reason to get revenge and every power to do it, but he didn't. He, he left that in God's hands. And God did pour out his wrath, but not on those who deserved it. He poured it out on on Jesus, his son. True love. And then verse 21. Jesus was not overcome by evil. Remember when Satan tempted him in the wilderness, trying to overcome evil? Him. Remember when, when Pilate condemned him and it looked like evil had overcome, but then Easter happened and Jesus rose from the dead and his resurrection demonstrated that, that love had overcome evil. That's victory. And because he did that, because he lived that perfect love in your place to, to die, to pay the price for, for all of our misunderstanding, all of the times that we don't love, all of the times that, that, that we... Don't live according to what the word actually means and instead what we think it means. Because he overcame our evil with his good, you have victory. And there's another word that doesn't always mean what we think it means. The, the Greek word in verse 21 there is Nike, like the shoe company. They took that name because it means to win. It means victory. And so our world thinks that you are a winner when you overcome and and you get even when when you overcome evil with evil. But no, victory is not when you get back at that person. It's when you overcome evil with good. Love upon love. So now, scan through this list one more time. First time we looked at it, we saw all our failures. Second time we looked at it and we saw Jesus' perfect fulfillment of it. Now look at it motivated by the love that Jesus has shown you, that you didn't deserve. I mean, he, he, he made what love is. I mean, by definition, we didn't deserve it, and he showed it. And so now he fills us with that love so that we can overcome evil with good in our lives, both the evil that's out there, and we can get past it and, and show love, and, and, and even, and especially, the evil that happens to us, the people that are close to us. We can overcome that evil with love. So one more time through the list. As forgiven children of God, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Love when they don't have it coming. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Empathize with those who frustrate you. Live in harmony. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Live at peace. That happens when you know what the word means. And you do it. Love in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we take this opportunity to give our gifts of thanks and praise to God in the form of our offering. As the offering is gathered, please do fill out the friendship registers that are being handed down the aisle. As you put your information in there, it better allows us to do what God has called us together to do, encourage one another on toward love and good deeds.